This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. And welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. We get to talk about ministers' wives today and ministry wives. That's going to be fun. Yeah. So for those of you who may not be aware, October is uh, Church Staff Pastor Appreciation Month. And so um, some people say church staff. Some people say pastors. I say let's just appreciate all of them. Let's appreciate um, them all. Yeah, yes. All the time. But especially during October, that's kind of an emphasis that we have in um, the church world. So be sure to tell your pastors and their wives and your ministers, uh, thank you for what they dr- they're doing. So today we have on Rayleigh Butler and Courtney Matlock. Hello, ladies. Hi. 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 So we want to we want to get to know y'all a little bit. So tell us about yourselves and your families. And Rayleigh, you can go first. Okay. So I have been married to my high school sweetheart for 22 years. Um, we did, met in high school, started dating all the way through college, and then got married in our early 20s. And basically, since the day I said I do, I've been beside him in full-time Christian ministry. Um, and it's just great. It's just fun. And we have four kids. Um, we have two boys and two girls. Um, our oldest is a boy um, on his way to college. Um, we just moved him in last week. Um, our second one is a girl. Um, she's about to turn 16. So we are about to have another driver on our hands, which makes me a little nervous. Um, and then our third one is a girl that's 15. And then our youngest, our baby boy, had just turned 12. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in special education a master's degree in school counseling. Um, And right now I'm a school counselor at um, a local elementary school in town. And I just love it. Um, And kind of just my heart is just about um, the people that God places in my life, discipling them well and making sure starting with my kids, but then spreading out into our church family. And then also into our community of making sure that the people that God puts in my life Um, that I'm investing in and pouring into to show the love of Christ. So that's a little bit about us. I love that. Courtney, what about you? Well, I grew up as a preacher's kid, as they say, and I said I would never marry a minister. And you know what happens when you say never? Um, I've been married to one for almost 19 years this December. Um, Doug and I met in college at East Central in Ada, Oklahoma. And we have three girls, 11, eight, and five. And um, my heart is really in hospitality and through food and who who can I take a casserole to and just really focusing on loving my neighbor and who God has put in my like immediate circle, like who like literally lives next door to me that I can reach out to and love on. And um you know, we've really built a lot of community that way um, over a meal. But I have a bachelor's degree in family and consumer science, what used to be known as home ec. Um, so I always joke that I'm like a professional housewife. 
And um, I teach family, I teach high school family and consumer science at Mustang High School here in Oklahoma. And then I just really love Mexican food. Like I've never met nachos I didn't love. So amen. Like, I'll amen yeah. that. Yeah. So do you have any, I need to know, do you have any like go-to casserole recipes? Yes. My favorite thing in the world, there's Denise Lopez. If you ever heard her speak, she's fabulous. Yes. She gave a recipe once at one of our ministry wives weekends we attended for chicken taquito enchiladas and they are yes. fabulous. Ooh, I make we'll those all look, the time. Okay. Yes, they're the best. We'll have yeah, to look that best. up and put the recipe in the show notes. Um, yeah, because so, you can keep the ingredients on hand and always have a fast meal to throw together. I love it. So. One of the most popular posts of all time on LifewayWomen.com is how to transport soup to a friend so like if you're taking a meal to somebody it's always tricky yes. to figure out how to bring soup because you don't want yes. them to have to like clean something and give it back to you and right. so uh one of the solutions is a mason jar i don't remember the other solutions but uh it is funny because that's something that we all need to know all the time yes yes and i think it's funny that that since like every time we look at the blog post that always yes. kind of rises to the top and we're like who knew yeah who knew that soup was going to be such an unpopular blog but it is so i know that people like they're, they're not going to be able to to see you guys and you guys both are very different in a lot of ways but what's interesting is that your husbands could be brothers i mean like they look a lot alike and they get they get asked about that but uh -huh. I, I think it'd be fun to, for people to know, like, how did you two meet? Did you all meet through your husbands or how did that, how did that happen? We actually met at um, a Mexican restaurant right before a YouTube concert. So we both had tickets. Our husbands and I were both taking us there and we decided to meet um, at a Mexican restaurant. And I'm telling you exactly what you guys have already seen with Courtney. She has an ability to make you laugh and just pull you in and make you feel seen in a way um, that it, it's there's not a lot of people that have that gift. And so um, that is, I mean, the first time I met her, that is what I knew. And I just felt like this was a girl that, um, man, I just needed in my life. And it was really, really neat to see that after that one moment, um, just a few years later, um, we were able to be on staff together and be staff wives. And so, um, she is, we are very, very opposite in a lot of ways. Um, and, and yet I think we complement each other in so many ways. Um, but she is, she is a gift. So for sure. Yes. I agree with that. Yes. Our husbands had become friends serving or leading together at, um, church camps across the state and yeah, Mexican food again for the win. <laughs> That's right. It's the great uniting uniter. people yeah. over chips and queso. I, love I mean, it. Elizabeth, you know my love for Mexican food. I'm telling yes. you, in Oklahoma, we know how to do Mexican food, you know, so I know. It, it is a big deal for <laughs> sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we have our fair share here in Tennessee, but I think it's, I mean, it's different. It's like its own. Oh, we need no, a short version no. like Tex-Mex. We need something that's like Tennessee tacos, because I think we have our own like take on tacos. <laughs> It's um. the salsa. I mean, I'm just going to say, like, it's the salsa. Um, it is like in Tennessee, it tastes like ketchup. It's like terrible. <laughs> so that's, they just have not figured it out. Not figured mm. it out. And this is, and this is not to be the podcast on Mexican food. But we, just, <laughs> no. we just took that. Turn. I don't think yes. it's the no, first time. 
right. It's not the first time we've diverted to talking about Mexican food, though. That is true. That is true. Okay, so uh, there are lots of different dynamics when we talk about staff wives on in the church. Um, but both of you seem to know the importance of building relationships among the wives and the spouses of church staff. So how did you intentionally build this culture among the wives? Um, um, go, go ahead, Court. Go, oh, okay. you go. I think that like the key word there, like you said, intentional for sure, because just like any relationship, you have to work at it. But I think one of my favorite things that we did to really stay connected was we had a group text that we created called the real staff wives of FBC. <laughs> and that's awesome. Yes. And that's where we would just, you know, daily check-ins. Hey, how are you doing guys? I could really use some prayer for this um, jokes, you know, just a, it was just a daily stream of encouragement and just a place to like a safe place to have conversations with each other and share our hearts. Um, but Rayleigh was always so great about organizing birthday outings and would take us out um, to do special things around our birthday and to just love on us and make us feel seen and um, celebrated. And it was something, it, it worked out usually where there's almost about one a quarter. I don't know if that was part of the like hiring requirements when they bring these staff guys on, um, but um we would go out and like we did things from bowling to pedicures to movies um just some time away to just intentionally invest in each other and i have to i mean rayleigh was very intentional at cultivating these relationships because that's just not always the case at every church and um being able to have that sisterhood of sorts is just really special yeah i think I love that you mentioned the group text because I feel like a lot of times people may overthink things and um, it may just be as simple as a group text. I think there's a lot of bonding that happens via, you know, group texts and shared jokes and gifs and things like that, that I think would be um, definitely something that's easy to do, but maybe overlooked, but it's a definite way of bonding for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and even a kind of part of that is that I know that there's like an annual, you mentioned the Ministry Wives Weekend that um, is offered in Oklahoma. And I know other states do that as well, where they, they intentionally bring ministers' wives, you know, together. And as the person who used to coordinate that, I would hear different takes on that. Like there would be some women who would come and they would say, oh, and I'd be like, why didn't you bring your other staff wives? And they would say, no, I needed a break from other staff wives. But in a lot of ways, it was a real team building, a real just friendship building for a lot of staff wives. So talk about how that impacts your friendships, like just just doing things together. Like you mentioned, you know, just going and doing, you know, pedicures or bowling and things like that. Um, but how is it that that kind of impacts you guys when you just you do some some intentional things together? Well, I think that it helps us see each other's people. You know, yeah. I think sometimes the staff wives, we just get into the work of it and we get into supporting our husbands. And when there's any messiness or any anything that's difficult, right, that happens within the staff, um, it's really easy to just start looking at each other based on our roles and not based on us being people and and people that are just messy sometimes. And so 
even when we had staff wives that um, we were struggling with. I mean, I tried to still plan things, you know, and I tried to encourage people to be there. And if they couldn't be there, it was never like, I can't believe you're not here. It was, okay, I understand you're just not in a place yet. And so then I would try to reach out personally to that person. Does that make sense? And try to make that connection with them. But I feel like the ministry stuff, Courtney was kind of the one that kind of led the way with, hey, we really need to go to um, the to the ministry wives weekend. And I think what it helped us do when we went there was just learn how to enjoy one another, even when it was hard, even when, um, you know, there were times when it's just relationships were just not where we would want them to be, you know? Um, and she really helped motivate, I feel like a lot of us to be able to be a part of that and just to have fun with one another. And we always tried to show up in force, I feel like sometimes what happens is that you show up with just one person or two people and you feel really isolated and you feel um, not as a group. And then you look over at another table where all the staff wives are there, or at least the majority of them are there and they're laughing and engaging and it can make you feel kind of alone sometimes, I think. Um, but Courtney really was the one that really was like, hey, we really need to go and we need to do this and we need to have fun with this. And so I really appreciate that. You know, there's just something about that community. You know, we have that community with each other within our own staff wives um, at our church. But then even still, sometimes you can kind of get in this rut and feel like you're the only one in the whole wide world that's feeling how you're feeling. But then to go and be refreshed around other staff wives across the state um, that are having those same experiences and thoughts and feelings. It was just always um, really refreshing and encouraging time together. And then to take that back home with us as a group and, you know, maybe some inside jokes were made along the way while we were there or discussions that were had and we can come back to those together as a team. And um, it was just, it was just always such a sweet time of encouragement. And it was really, you know, also our church and our sweet husbands, you know, helped make that happen too and supported us in that. And so that was, that was huge that they, you know, made the time for us to be able to do that together. Yeah. And I was, I was going to say, I always appreciated a church who would pay for yes. all, of, you know, they would pay, pay the way they would pay for the hotels and they would do everything they could to make this a really special weekend because um, being a ministry wife is very demanding. And, and I don't think I, I remember just asking somebody one time, I was like, okay, help me understand what is different about being a ministry wife. Like, what is it? And they were like, you know what? They were like, about 80% of it isn't different. Like there are a lot of things that are similar, but there's about 20% of things that people will just never understand that a ministry ministry wife might encounter. And um, so maybe talk about that. Like what what is it that makes that unique? Courtney, maybe like what's a unique aspect of being a ministry wife? I think... Sundays and Wednesdays, you are basically a single mom at mm-hmm. church. And if you're me, you're also more than likely like pulling in on like two wheels in your minivan with one kid in mismatched shoes and the other one, no guarantee if she's got underwear on and like, you're just good <laughs> to be there. And so you're just looking for somebody to say, I'm so glad you're here. Not, oh, you decide to come today because you know you're late that's not what she needs to hear at that moment she needs some grace and understanding um 
I'd say something else that sometimes I think people don't know is that just because we're known or well-known around the church doesn't mean we're truly known and we get lonely too. And we want community from people within our church, people that we can open up to. Um, and, you know, it, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for us to open up just because of who our husbands are and uh, maybe past wounds we've had to overcome. And it's um, something that we need, but sometimes you may just have to work a little bit to get that um, from us where we feel like it's a safe place to share our hearts with. Um, and then I'd say finally, um, things at the church are very personal to us. And I mean, that's our life. Like we're at the church almost more than we are at our houses sometimes. And so it hurts us when we see that our husband is hurting. And so sometimes navigating through those hurt feelings um, and not let those get in the way of ministering to those that have possibly wounded us or our husband is um, sometimes just a hard thing to work through and, and understand. So I guess maybe at the bottom, at the end of the day, it's just that, yeah, we're people too. And, um, and so that's what I would say maybe. So Rayleigh, I still remember when that you made the switch from being in like a student ministry wife to being the senior pastor's wife. And I still remember us having lunch at a Mexican restaurant and we were, we were talking about just, you know, you said, I knew people were going to be looking at me, but I had no idea how different it was going to be. Talk yeah. a little bit about that, because I, I do think people don't understand, like, just how you can feel like you're isolated, like people are like all eyes are on you and you've got these kids and they're all watching. So talk about that, too. Yeah, for sure. So when at our former church, there was a ton of staff kids and, or at least it felt like there was a ton of them that were around. And so when we moved from being the youth pastor's wife to the senior pastor's wife, like I would walk into a room and everybody would stop talking. Um, and I wasn't used to that. I was used to people just treating me like I was normal. Um, I wasn't used to people having preconceived ideas about what a senior pastor's wife should be and do and, and react to things. And I think the hardest part for me that first year wasn't necessarily that people were unkind with their words, but I could see the look on their faces when I disappointed them and um, because I wasn't what they expected. And I think that that definitely um, was really difficult for me. And um, before we moved here to the church that we're at now, um, we had about three or four months of a transition. So I knew that this is where we were going to be. And I kept asking God, God, what am I going to be doing this first year? Because I knew that um, that was going to be my role. And I knew it was going to be different. And I, I'm a person who like needs a job. Like I need to have a purpose and, and a plan and, and something to do. And he just kept saying, you need to be yourself. You just need to be yourself. And it would make me so mad. Um, because I just was like, God, that's not a job. Like that's not doing anything. But then I realized that first year of being a senior pastor's wife, it is a job. It is a job to keep who you are. Um, you know, at the core of who you are real in front of other people, because you can so easily be swayed to just try to make people happy around you as the senior pastor's wife. Um, because 
you don't want to disappoint people. You don't want to embarrass your husband. You don't want people to think badly of your family. And so it can very, very easily turn into just you trying to, to impress other people and be who they want you to be instead of being who God made you to be. Um, and it was, I mean, Kelly knows this. I, it was a culture shock for me. I mean, it took me two good years, um, to really find my footing, um, with knowing, um, I mean, I have to be in God's word. I have to know what God is calling me to in this church, in this season, in this spot, so that when people do get disappointed, I'm able to just comfort myself with the fact that um, I might not have met their expectation, but I know that this is what God has called me to do. I know that this is what God God has called me to be in this Mm -hmm. moment. And so, yeah. You both kind of talked about um, women in the church who may not be the ministry wives, but they may be um, just women in the pews, um, and volunteers. So what are like, what is like one or two things that these, those of us who are not on staff or husbands are not on staff, how can we, what are one or two things that we can do to make sure that our pastor's wives, our minister's wives know that we are safe people, um, and, and that we can be safe people, um, and that we can, like, how can we encourage those that are on the wives of those who are on our staff? Um, I think for me, the, the, the thing that I love, and honestly, the reason why we're still here at the church that we're at, and we're going on 12 years at this point is because they love us. Um, they're not wishing that we're someone else. They're not wishing that, um, we would do things differently. They have totally accepted our entire family. Um, this has been, the last 12 years, as hard of a transition as it was for me as the senior pastor's wife, it was not difficult for my kids and it wasn't difficult for my husband because there was a church here that just loved them. They loved them well. And so my children have just thrived at the church that we're at right now. They are allowed to be kids. They're allowed to mess up. They're allowed to make mistakes. And they have a whole church family that is there supporting them and encouraging them that see them. But at the same time, they allow them space um, to not have to talk to every person in the church or people get offended because my, my daughter doesn't know who that person is. Um, but they really have created a really safe place for my kids. And so um, that has been something that has meant the world to me um, and makes me feel at home here, that it really does feel like family because even though we have um, issues and it's messy and it's hard, um, my kids are good and they are growing in their faith and they have people that are encouraging them and that love them. You know, I had mentioned that my oldest son had just moved off to college and it literally feels like he left our whole church, (laughs) if that makes sense, you know, um, our whole church is, um, missing him, you know, um, because they have invested in him as much as anybody else has. Um, and it's just been a beautiful thing to be able to see. And so for me, I think you love that family. You accept that God has called them to your church. They're not going to be exactly what you, you know, they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be everything you want them to be. Um, but you just love them in the season that they're in. What about you, so, Courtney? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> no, I just think that's really a good encouragement for all of us in our churches of how do we love our minister's wives well and their families and their mm-hmm. kids. Because when you can love their kids really well, that makes everything better for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would I would echo that 
um, for sure, we loved our church that we were at, and it was hard when when um, Doug took a new role within the um, convention to leave that because they did love our family so well. And for many ministry wives, they don't have their immediate family there with them in their um, town. And so holidays can often and, and weekends can oftentimes be really lonely because you don't have that um, built in support system that a lot of people have um, if they have their family nearby. And so for us, um, our church family was just such a special gift because they became they became like family to us. I don't know how many different um, Grammy Pats and Nana Lindas and Mama Debs that our girls would just run to and because they loved them well and um, they were like pseudo grandparents and aunts and and they would just check in on us and treat us like we were like their kids and that meant so much to our family and made lifelong heart impressions on all of us from Doug and I all the way down to our youngest that's five and just really lasting impressions by loving us so well. Uh, and, and Courtney, you kind of mentioned, you know, Doug has taken a new role, so he's not on a church staff, but he is ministering mm-hmm. to two guys who are on staffs. And mm-hmm. so it's it's changed a little bit. And, you know, how have, how have you adapted to that? Because you may have, have you sensed a, a little bit of a, a change in, you know, how you do church and that it looks a little different? Yes. Um, you know, there's pros and cons. I, we definitely miss that staff family and that church family you have from being, uh, serving at a local church. Um, it is kind of fun now to get to all sit on a pew together and actually go to church together in the same car. And they're not tied, Doug's not tied up in meetings all afternoon. And um, so that's been nice, but, um, yes, it's certainly a different role and a different feel, and and we're working to find that new community within the larger convention staff and establishing that. But it's different. It's different than the close knit that you have when you're serving at your local church in a in a community together. Yeah. Well, I think something that I think both Elizabeth and I would love to know because it is October. It's Pastor Appreciation Month, and I think that people really have great intentions and like maybe they'll give <laughs> gifts to their, you know, to their wives or families or whatever. But I would love to know, like, what has been the best gift that you've received from your church family? And what's a good, like, what are good gifts? So Rayleigh, let's start with you. And then Courtney, I want to hear from you too. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to be honest, like October is special and it is an important month, but um, honestly, the best gift in my mind um, that you can give is just being um, present with your pastor throughout the year. Does that make sense? Like it, it, it won't matter. I'm just going to be honest. Like if you give them the greatest present in the world in October, but the rest of the year you are um, just struggling to follow him, you're struggling to to be encouraging to him, you're struggling to just, you know, um, you know, buy into the vision that God has given him. Um, no, no yeah. gift you give him. Does that make sense? Is going to is going to feel real, is going to feel um, 
and it, it won't be an encouragement. I'm just going to be honest. That's probably not the answer that y'all wanted to hear. Um, but it's just the truth. And so um, being a, a part of a church where every week there is someone who sends my husband a text message that says, you know, your sermon today really meant a lot or um, thank you for coming and visiting um, so-and-so, you know, at the hospital or thank you for giving up time um, from your own family mm-hmm. to come and minister to us. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I feel like um, helps people stay in ministry longer. Does that make sense? Like being a part of a church that um, really sees the work and the effort that the that the staff are putting in um, is, is, in my mind, so encouraging um, and something that um, is really important. And you could start that in October, you know, simply writing a note the pastor and talking about the impact that, you, that, you know, that he's had on your life or a staff member has had on your life. Um, I feel like is something that they will keep in their Bible. My husband does that. He has notes from people that have written him things about the impact they've had on his life in his Bible. And he's mm-hmm. had them for years, you know, and those kind of things I feel like are really, really meaningful. Now it is super fun to get <laughs> nice presents. Does that, so I don't want to diminish that. It is, um, you know, it, it's just that caring and understanding and that respect of, um, being appreciative of what that staff does because they work hard. Mm-hmm. Every single person on staff gives up time, um, every single week. Um, to spend time with other church members where they are taking away from their own family, you know, um, and it's important as a church that you understand that and that you appreciate that, you know, and not take that for granted. So, yes, I would, I agree with that a hundred percent too, about the, just the words, the words that you use, that's so meaningful and, and how you treat them throughout the year, no matter what month it is, but you know, I mentioned earlier on um, that I'd grown up as a preacher's kid, but unfortunately, um, my parents, after several years in the ministry, went through a divorce. And so um, loving, and, and so my father's no longer in um, the ministry. And so encouraging those marriages is huge to my heart because I feel like that there's such a level of attack sometimes on um, the pastor and his wife, just all the strains that are put upon them. And I think one of the best things churches could do is to just fan the flame on that and encourage them to have time for each other, make time where they can have time just to focus on one another and provide resources to make that happen. Um, and whether that be gift cards to a restaurant or, or even as extravagant as a weekend away or somebody to help offer the, to watch their kids for them, um, just encourage your minister to date a spouse and find ways to allow that to happen, help them to pursue those roles as husband and father. And so that they can, you know, invest in their marriage, find ways to give them space and time. Um, and resources so that they are filled and happy and whole and able to serve the church from a healthy and joyful spot and that their home is good and and that's not a concern for him anymore. So um, I think just finding ways to let them uh, encourage growth within their marriage and that they make space and time for each other as a family. 
That's so good. And I think that's um, both of those are very like practical tips that we can all do. Um, and we can definitely, I think for those who may be more gift giving minded, mm-hmm. that maybe that's their love language that gives them something to do. And then for all of us, though, even if it's not our love language, I think words of affirmation when it comes to our pastors and, you know, our church staff, they've had a hard couple of years. I mean, who yeah. hasn't, but especially yeah. we're seeing it all the time with um, Lifeway Research is asking yeah. pastors and it, it, they've just been discouraged. So anything, any ways that we can encourage our pastors and church staff during these times, I think is helpful. So thank you both for answering that honestly, because I think that gives us some, some homework, everybody who's listening to this, <laughs> write your pastor a note, an email. It doesn't, a text message. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be like beautifully written. Just uh, thank you for this thing. I think the more specific it is, the better, but I also think they will take anything. So um, thank you for doing that. But this is the Mark podcast. And the question that we ask every week is what is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? So we would love to hear that answer from each of you. We can start with Rayleigh. What's one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? I think the thing that has probably just shown up in every season of my life from the moment of my salvation to today is just God's continual pursuit of me. Um, that there is no plan B, you know, there is no, this Rayleigh can mess this up you know, but that no matter how difficult the season or how much victory is in a season that God continues to pursue me um, and allow me to be a part of what he's doing around me, which um, if you knew my whole testimony, you would understand that there's always doubt in my mind that I could ever possibly be used by God in any way. Um, And so if you knew 13 year old Rayleigh versus where I'm at now in my mid forties, um, it is miraculous what God has done, um, in my life and around my family and, and just in the ministry that he's allowed me to be a part of. Um, and it is just very humbling to me and that he can just continues to let me be a part of that and that he continues to let me um, be a part of the work that he has already started in, in all of the areas of my life. And so I'm just really grateful for that. I mean, just really grateful. So I would say that the thing that really has marked me is his steadfast love. And my favorite Bible verse is Psalm 105 that says, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. And that's always been a source of comfort to me because we've gone through some really dark seasons as a family. And I've gone through dark seasons um, in my earlier years in life, like when my family um, broke up and he's always continued to pursue me, even at times when I was distant and hurt and walking away, but he's always come after me through those times of brokenness and darkness. And now he gives me experiences and opportunities to share common ground with others that are maybe going through something the same or similar and, um, opportunities to minister to them through that. Um, and it's always kind of bittersweet to be able to draw upon things from my past that were 
hard and um, difficult to walk through. But now looking back and seeing, wow, look what he's done and look how he's brought me through that. And he never let go of me. And even when I was maybe being stubborn or obstinate and digging my heels in, he still came after me and, and loved me and restored me and redeemed me. And, and that's just, it's always, it always amazes me to look back at what he's done. And Doug wrote a song um, called Psalm 23. Well, I guess actually David wrote Psalm 23. <laughs> it, was, it was like a collaboration effort right. that David will yeah. find out about um, one day, I guess. But, um, and it just, he, we talk or sing about how he restores my soul. And that just always resonates with me about how he restored me and has healed me. Um, through so much, but, but through it all, he's, his steadfast love and constant pursuit is just um, always is, amazes me. That's so great. Well, this has been a really fun conversation and it's just, it's good to see ministers wives that are friends and you enjoy being around each other. You enjoy what your husbands do and your churches and everything. And we just, we do really appreciate all that that you do and, and all of our ministers' wives out there. So um, thank you, Rayleigh and Courtney, for being part of our podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I think we should go get some chips and salsa. I do too. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that's Absolutely. in order. I don't know if we can get any around here that are that would meet y'all standards, though. No. So y'all need to come see us. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I will be in Oklahoma in a few weeks and that will be one of the very first things I do is have Mexican food for sure. Yes. For sure. Well, listeners, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we do want to encourage you that because it is Minister Appreciation Month, um, you know, maybe there's some things that you can find at lifeway.com or even like you know, Rayleigh and Courtney said, even just those notes or words of encouragement, we want to encourage you to take the time to be intentional this month and make sure that they know that you support them this month, but also every single week that, that all the things that they do in your churches. So thank you so much um, again. And listeners, we will be back next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.